Welcome to the Seven Sense Podcast. This is a space to explore, reflect, and share. Open conversations for the heart, mind, and soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Seven Sense Podcast with me, Edna J. My name is Eugene Yashaga. And today we have our first guest ever on the show. You know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say like by full government the way you guys said it. I'm just going to say jazz or jazzani. Let's just keep it at that. Okay. We can go with that. Yeah. So usually um, we always start off like with the questions that we, we're able to know each other a bit better. Uh-huh. And even our guests kind of like get to know us. Okay. So this time I'm going to go and I'll ask you. Mm-hmm. So I guess you'll answer first and then no ladies first. You answer mm-hmm. and then I'll go last. Okay. So what was a place or event that transformed your ideas, thinking, perspective or made you come alive in a way? I'm going to go with something a bit obvious and say the pandemic. I think the pandemic changed me completely as a person, spending all that time alone. I've become really reflective. I've learned so much about myself. I've healed a lot. So yeah, the pandemic for me over the past year, it's been, it's been crazy. Two years almost. Oh, good question. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about so many of them, but I guess the one, since we're getting to know each other, know each other, I'll say when I went to rehab. That one for me was such a huge eye-opener in the sense of emotional growth. I realized a lot of my own personal trauma which led to my addiction in the first place. And hence, it started my, my real-life journey of basically constant growth and self-development, even to this day. The pandemic itself also was part of that, but if I had not gone through that, the pandemic would have been a very different experience for me. Would have been very scary but mm. having gone through rehab where literally you're put in a space where you cannot leave you're kind of distanced from people for a while before you can get in contact with other people outside mm. of that space it's like a small version of the pandemic to be honest fact, yeah so i would say that one okay yeah i think it's i think losing my mom made me kind of like appreciate life but also look at death in a whole different way mm. I think it made me understand that tomorrow isn't promised and that you can go at any time, but mm-hmm. also value every moment and every interaction that you have. Those things allow you to live on even past um, your existence here on earth. Ooh. So it made me understand, um, or understand the fact that if I make sure everybody I'm relating to or interact with, I leave them in a good space, I'm nice to them, cordial. You live forever through them. You mm-hmm. don't have to be here anymore. So I think that kind of changed how I treat my everyday interactions with people. Interesting. And that's why you find me always hollering and like at the guards at the office. Mm, just being it's nice. It's a small thing yeah. that they'll always be like, yo, that homie, I mean, acknowledged. Yeah. So I guess for me, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Dope. Okay, cool. So before we get into this episode, because it's been such a while, I think we should just like catch up how we've been. We've literally Malindi. both turned a year older. Malindi, that's all I can say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was mad. So we. <laughs> what happened to this Malindi? Now I'm curious. Um, so we we went to Malindi for our birthdays. Okay. We had always talked about it maybe for three years, four years. Now we'd always said, "Yo, let's just do something for our birthdays together." Mm. Last year we kind of got close to that because we went to Karen and we spent like the weekend together with, with our friends, friends and everything. Yeah. But this time I was like, I need to be away. Mm. I was going to say Malindi, even in the first question I asked, I was going to say Malindi, because it kind of like lets you appreciate how beautiful the world is, mm. first of all, and then how fast-paced like Nairobi life is. Yeah, it's disgusting. When you come back, it's just like, mm. Nairobi is just a lot. Like, anytime you get away, coming back is like, 
And I think that's why it's been hard for us to record again because yeah. I've always, she's more structured than I am. Hmm. So she likes having a calendar and then we're going to do this on this day. Yada, yada, yada. I'm always just like, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. So having that balance between, okay, fine, we need to get this thing done. And me being like, yo, it's, just, it's, it's not happen, that deep, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that changed about me also as well. So okay, yeah. I haven't seen you for a year. Yeah, how have you been? Wow, man. This is, I mean, okay, classic answer, pandemic. Mm. It's a movie. But <laughs> I would say for myself, um, I've grown a lot during this time. And I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but it really has been like relationships with people now are very deliberate. Mm. I don't go out of my way to force a friendship or now I'm kind of very categorical about you are my friend you're an acquaintance I'm now not mixing the two because that thing of when you start making that assumption that oh we're homies I can call you for this and then you find that homies not coming through things are falling apart blah 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 and you're like but you're supposed to be my boy but then when you put things in perspective and now you have a managed expectations you're like oh if this thing is falling apart so we just want to make to work together we'll see each other in common circles, parties, whatever the case, we were never meant to work together. Cool. Even within my family, it's like, now I know, yes, we're related by blood, but I don't F with you like that anymore. Like, I'm done, fam. Like, it's it's kosher. You stay over there, I'm here in my lane, we can move together. That's why even there's highways now. We have several lanes. Stay in yours. (laughs) May I be in mine. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. I like that. I think it's, like to segue now into what the episode is about don't you feel like making that call kind of relies with you trusting that first of all trusting your gut you know your boundaries you know okay fine this is as far as i can go with you and no love lost i think yeah but you trust that if i make this judgment it's for the betterment of who i am as a person and then my journey and staying on my lane so i think to move into what the episode is about today it's trusting the process i feel like we hear it a lot you see it everywhere different religions people look at call it faith believing in god however you want to look at it it's what does trust in the process like first of all do you understand from it i think i'll just start there and okay. then now you can slide in now with everything else so um it's been a common theme this year i think speaking for everyone but also especially speaking for myself mm. i think the past two years actually yeah because now we're stepping into almost the second year of the pandemic mm-hmm. now um, I've really been struggling with and still trying to figure out how to let go of my need to control. Like, I'm such a control freak, admittedly. Like, I I plan and then I want it to happen the way I've planned it. And then yeah. there's a backup plan. And then, you know, yeah. so I've really had to let, to learn to let things go. And just the idea of having to control the timings of everything is something I'm dealing with. So I was like, because you're so good at this for lack of a better word yeah i felt like this would be a good topic to talk about because we sort of bring in that balance of the people who are okay with going with the flow versus the people who like me want the timings to happen when they want the timings to happen but also because trusting the process has applied to the podcast this season we've really been trying to figure out our system and our yeah, flow true. to the podcast true. and it's really taken us being open to this not working and then trying something else and figuring it out. So we decided to just talk about trusting the process and see 
share our thoughts and then hopefully hear back from you guys and see what you think i like that part you've said um with regards to you wanting to control everything and plan everything out you see deep down even inside of me i want to be able to know okay fine um i want to achieve this thing or i want to make sure this thing is executed by this day mm. so it doesn't happen end up panicking last minute and then i'm trying to rush and get it out by the time i said i want to get it out um case in point my ep every time mm. i've tried to do it it's i'll drop it on the day i said it but the process, but the process is process yeah, behind rushed. the scenes yeah. <laughs> so i think and i'm going to go back to that thing i said about um losing a loved one or losing my mom it just allowed me to know okay fine you know what things will never be as you planned them if it was left to me i would have been able to say okay fine if it was left to me <laughs> <laughs> i would have been able to say okay fine yeah i wanted to be alive for this long mm. so that i think at an early age maybe like at 15 i got to understand um just trust what's going to happen next you'll be able to control everything in this world and just let it be so i think for me that was my first learning in terms of just let things go the way they're going to go it's a hard lesson to take yeah but i think that's how I, i think that's how i move the way i move it's just things will always happen when they need to happen i have i'll do my best i'm going to just sit back and let things happen but beyond a certain point i guess good a certain point i know i can't really do anything about it as long as i never applied myself a thousand percent things will always like be okay i guess in a sense okay yeah pandemic i guess it's like lesson number two now for me it's mm. no one saw any of this coming and but you trusted that you know what um you'll get through it uh, things will always will kind of go back to normal which has a semblance of that now but still it's not really normal yeah, it's a new normal you'll yeah get. so that's what i take it as it's just trust like your gut is always going to be able to I trust my gut but also the father the universe is always going to guide you to where you need to be. I am all for it 100%. And you asked earlier about how do I define it? Mm. It's basically there's you know there's always that little voice in the back of your head that kind of tells you things you don't know about. Mm. You know it's like how you can tell you're being lied to and you don't know what exactly the lie is or what has brought that on. I find that when I am in my process and trusting that inner voice that intuition everything else around me makes a lot more sense so it comes down to things like this in business for instance there's been times where you get caught up and you're trying to figure out what the next move is yeah. how to go about it you can get caught up in over analyzing a situation from a financial sense point or looking at what the market is doing what your competition is doing But if you truly trust yourself and the process, it's it flows naturally. I find I enjoy most of my best success personally and business-wise when I'm in flow. Mm-hmm. When I'm trusting the process, when I'm not thinking overthinking about what is so and so doing? What is the business daily telling me about this element of the economy and what have you? Mm-hmm. When I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about it from my perspective of So and so is making so many millions from doing the same kind of thing I would like to do. But what's wrong with living within your means where yes, I'm not making millions, but I have a couple thousands I've saved here so I can live a basic life. I can go to a holiday at Malindi. Once you get in flow and you start to appreciate your situation because I think and I feel that most people in general are in pursuit of happiness. It's never about 
the quantitative thing in terms of like if you start thinking about your life based on numbers and certain qualifiable things like if i get a degree i'm gonna be happy if i get so much i'll be happy yeah. it's like do i live in a home i'm comfortable in do I have family and people around me that I love and love me back for whom I am? Once you have those things, all material, measurable things mean nothing to you. And I think that for me is the more I trust the process, the more I trust myself, then I am in a good space. And then hence this idea of keeping up with so-and-so or this or that, the Joneses, the Kardashians, whoever, those things don't matter. Because I'm happy. And it's kind of like that thing that perpetuates itself when you walk into a room and you're confident and comfortable in your skin. People naturally gravitate towards you because it's an aura you cannot ignore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How do you feel about trusting the process? I think I'm going to start with the quote I read, yeah? Okay. And it's um, Polo Coelho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of us knows what might happen even the next minute. Yet we still go forward because we trust, because we have faith. Mm. I've always looked in the sense that even waking up tomorrow in the morning, it's never guaranteed, but you just have to even set an alarm saying, you know, I'm going to be up tomorrow. Mm. You never know, mm. but it's just that faith and that belief. I think that's how you end up attracting and creating that reality for yourself the next day and onwards. So always believe like trusting it is, how do I put it? It's like a muscle you exercise. So you build that understanding. Okay, fine. If I business-wise, um, personal life, if I make this call and say I have no scientific evidence of why I'm making this decision, but I feel like it's the right thing, you do that over and over and over again, you become a bit more confident in yourself, and okay, fine, things always kind of like pan out how they should be. I always look at life as how should it have been, not how do I want it to be. It's a bit hard. Mm. It's a bit hard living your life with how I want it to go. Yeah. There's so many moving pieces into what your reality is. You're the focal point, but the less control you have over everything, the more you're able to catch that flow of life and you're able just to go, roll, roll, roll your mm-hmm. gently down the street. Mm-hmm. That's just how I try to look at it. Like, just look at my life from now on. Okay. Yeah. I really struggle with trusting <laughs> the process. Like, it's not my favorite part of the journey, especially when it's like a situation where there's an outcome I want and then I've done everything I can yeah. and I don't get that outcome that I envisioned. Like, I'm just like, it really stresses yeah. me out. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm figuring it out. Have you had points in your life where you, you're just like, you know what? Let it play out. That's me right now. After all <laughs> these years, now I'm at that point. Because okay. there's always the plan, there's always, but now I'm just like, just let it Is it like resounding defeat saying, you know what? Screw it or let me try out this other way. I'm like, let me try out this other way because okay. now the stress of mm. wanting to control something and then there's some things you cannot control, like no matter what you do, there's yeah. nothing you can control about it. So it's just taking that pressure off myself of yeah. being like worried so much about all the details yeah. and just being like, let me just keep going and doing what so I, I love. So I saw that, like her thriving in that, like in Malindi, hmm. is waking up and being like, okay, um, I'm going to do whatever today. I think that type of environment like you thrive in yeah. it's not like so structured for what you need to do this you didn't even vlog maybe for the most part I didn't which is new you know so I think it's maybe you put yourself in certain situations you're able to see oh I can actually do this thing I'd, I'd even I was gonna ask when you were saying that when was the first time or the most recent time <clears throat> you felt you were in flow like you were 
not necessarily being in a process of a method or or mm. a very tried and tested way of doing things. When's the first time you did it? When is the last time you did it? That you just as you just woke up, not just randomly waking up and yeah. just saying you know whatever, mm. but being like, this is how I truly feel. These are my instincts. Mm. And maybe they go contrary to what I normally would have done, but I'm just going to try it. Um, let me start with the l- most recent time. I think it's like when I've been struggling with my content and feeling like, oh, I don't know, I want to like pivot into a different type and do like more wellness type of content, but how do I do that? Oh my God, like, but there's already people who do that. So like, do I really step mm. into this space? But then I was just like, okay. The parts of wellness that I really enjoy, for example, is journaling. I really love journaling and I journal so frequently. So I just focused on doing my journaling without focusing on the wellness. Mm-hmm. And through that, I was able to come up with journaling prompts, which mm-hmm. can be now my content. Mm-hmm. So it was me not trying to figure out, okay, as a wellness person, you need to do this and mm-hmm. this and this is the content. I was just like, what do I like doing? Let me just do that yeah. and create something out of that. That's dope. So that's been the most recent thing. Again, this is very new. Like, this isn't, I can't say like years ago I used yeah, to do yeah, this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just starting to forget out now. And you, Gino? I think, I think kind of. Do like people even know if I call you Gino? No. Yeah. No, okay. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's always, since we've yeah. met, he's just always called me Gino. Gino. Okay. Yeah. I think it's always been there. I don't think I've ever been at a, as structured. I think part of my structure comes from my dad. Hmm. So I think being able to plan and then you need to do this by this date mm-hmm. and then da, da, da. This one used to make me do like a time, when we closed like for holidays, he made me do like a timetable. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to study every day and I have to cover all the topics. I did it willingly. <laughs> and I would do it. Like timetable, my free time. Like I'll paint at this time. What? I'll arrange my books at this time. Mad. And used to like bring me joy to draw the little table and say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So that used to kill me. I love Bro. it. <laughs> so you see now the difference is that. Death so. by slow cuts. <laughs> oh my days. <laughs> so that's where my structure came from. Like it was that. Knowing that I have to like block out my days when I don't have to. I just mm. wanna like, you know, free breezy through it, but I had to do that part. But learning how to let go was um I think kind of like just creating content allowed me that space mm. of being like, um, you'll create something, you'll put it out there. Mm. I want you to get the most likes. I want everybody to know about it. But just understanding that the creation of it was the best mm. part for me. Mm. Mm. It allowed me just to be releasing things. And I kind of like trying to apply it even like with life. I can't go to my maybe boss and tell them, okay, you know what? This client will come if they catch the flow. You know what mm. I mean? There's some things you can't explain in a corporate yeah. world, yes. but you apply it on your own. Like on yeah. your dollar, you just know, I might work my ass off for this thing, mm. but it may not come when I want it to come. Mm. But just understand it. So I really try and apply it now in my professional life. I feel like mm. personally, I think I've kind of had like People a grasp of it. it. Mm. Yeah. So I don't want to be able to understand it in my personal life, but I'm the same person who's going to walk exactly, in. Exactly, 100%. So how do I tie in those two things? You know, it's, it's interesting to say that because there was a time um, I was having a, a meeting with uh, a boss I had and we were talking about this idea of, you know, when somebody, can I curse on the show? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody fucks you over at work <laughs> and like, and, or like it's a work thing and you've gone to see a client and then they've just, you know, finazied that situation. You're just mm. like, what the fuck is happening here? And then they look at you and be like, ah, oh, it's, it's business, not personal. Now, nah, homie, my work is personal. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, like, don't, don't, don't play me. Impact on me. Yeah, like, don't play me like that because you see the thing is, especially, I think it happens in any profession where you love what you do. Just because you clock in at a certain hour and you leave at a certain hour does not mean you leave that project there. You go home with it. You're sitting in your car in traffic or or the job that you're in, public transport, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you're constantly thinking about it. You're looking at, especially when it comes to creative work, but I think it happens everywhere. Mm. You're thinking about how would so-and-so react to this product if I put it out there? What does the copy need to look like? What does the poster need to look like? Yeah. Or if it's even a court case, you're thinking about, but if I argue this like this for my client, blah, 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 they could likely get off the case or this is how I'm going to put this person in jail. So it's not like, oh, check in, check out, I'm done. This is not like a factory work type nah. situation. <laughs> and even that factory work, if he's good at his job, he's still thinking about how am I going to fix this car tomorrow yeah. so I can get it back to the client. Yeah. So this thing of, it's business, it's not personal. Oh my days, nah. I hate that philosophy. <laughs> nah. I really, it drives me nuts. I would say, going back to what you were saying about uh, practicing flow yeah i kind of resonate what you're saying about how do you explain it to you know somebody you're working with or like your boss or what have you there's a premise a friend of mine once taught me and it's about the number eight and how it looks like infinity mm-hmm. and his actually not his her philosophy was she prices everything so it adds up to eight so it would be like 350 440 mm-hmm. like the number has it comes up to eight so I started practicing that okay. without telling anybody what I was doing. I'd find a way to not rationalize it, but just do it. Yeah. The irony is this, and this is why I was asking about practice and when you first saw it, that for me was the first time. Mm-hmm. I was getting clients that I didn't even know how they existed, how they came to find me and whatnot. And it was just purely based on pricing. And it was just because I trusted that philosophy yeah. and it resonated with me. And I was just like, I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, fine. Yeah. At least I cannot ever have a moment of regret where I was like, man, why didn't I do that thing? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like when you're talking about flow and what you believe in and what have you. Even like, I even appreciate people like atheists who just have a philosophy of they don't believe in the premise and they live by it. Fine, that's your flow. Mm-hmm. So if you have a higher power or a spiritual element that you trust and whatnot, I don't care what it is. People don't believe in horoscopes or whatnot. Those who do, imagine if it works for them, let it work for them. Mm-hmm. It's none of your business what works for them. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so if you have found your essence, your flow, the thing that works for you, as we go back to the analogy of the highway, stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. Mm. This, what you do with you, it's like even like the idea of like homophobia and things like that. Bro, you're not in the same bed, the same room with that homie. Why are you getting all caught up? Leave it alone, fam. Not yours, yeah, yeah, that homie doesn't even like you, fam. So why you be like, nah, I can't do that. I can't. Stay. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like Make it's. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, at the end of the day, it comes down that even like for instance, like even when it comes to like pay, dating people, even if whatever sex or you're into or whatever alphabet, because nowadays I can't keep up. Let me be honest. Yeah. It comes down to that thing of just because you like that person doesn't mean they have to like you back. Mm-hmm. And once you get used to that premise. Even when somebody's telling you, listen, I'm not attracted to you. It's not that I don't want to be around you. It's just that I don't, I'm not attracted in that sense. Yeah. How cool. There's, I mean, there's 7 billion of us out here. True. And even the person you're looking for, you may be chasing a situation and you're closing the door on the person that's feeling you. Mm. That's true. 
So now if you had just been like taking your L or just taking the reality for what it is and being like, I cool, you're not for me, bet. You might find that person that you were ignoring at that dinner table for that lunch thing situation sitting right across you over there because you're busy hollering at this shorty over here. And she's sitting right there staring at you you're like, hey, this baby's stalking me. Next thing you know, two months down the line, you're like, hey, hey, what up, though? And she's like, my homie, I was looking for you a couple months ago. You don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I look at it. So my question is, mm-hmm. and to both of you, yeah. is so do you trust something because you've seen it like work for someone else or is that you trust that maybe this is going to work for me? Does that make sense? Yes. I might, I'll let her go first. I'm trying to trust that it's going to work for me. Okay. I feel like when I start and when I initially tried to let things go, it was it wasn't actually letting things go, it was just trying a different way of okay. control. Okay. But now it's like I'm trying to trust that it'll work well, for me. That's the truth I'm, right there. Just say that again. Mm. You were trying a different way to control. To control it. That's the truth right there. Yeah, I was like, okay, let me let it go. But in reality, it was like, let me just try it like this. Because this person did it like this and it worked. Mm. But then you try it like that and then it doesn't work. And then you're like, oh, okay, let me just do what I do okay. and focus on what I need to do. Okay. So I would say right now, that's what I'm doing. Trying to figure out how to just do my own thing without looking what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for me, it's pure experimentation. Like the number eight thing. Yeah. Somebody mentioned it to me and I said, why not try? True. The worst that will happen, I'll learn something. The worst, yeah, true. <laughs> if it works, it works. If yeah, it doesn't, yeah. then clearly not for me. Yeah. Mm. I've eliminated one philosophy or one practice in and of itself. Yeah. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And I think it's also just because there's a hunger that comes from when you are put in a tight situation and you don't have all the tools that you think you should have. And now it becomes a thing of like, okay, so I don't have this to fall back on or I don't have this to do. Like, you know, like even me dropping out of school used to mess with me for the longest time because I was just thinking, Jazz, clearly you don't want to be in school, but maybe you should have stuck it out because you'd have had security. Mm. But I've come to appreciate later in my life that actually not having that security has made me more trust myself and be willing to try different things. Because it put me in a situation where there's no job I can easily go apply for because it's always that nonsense of, okay, what degrees do you have, blah, blah, blah. And my favorite thing, which is a, why I love <laughs> employment, the sense of why it's such a ridiculous concept in how they hire people. We need three years experience. If you don't hire me, I'm never going to have my three years experience. Yeah, so like, what cash 22 are you trying to throw me into? <laughs> yeah, like, please help me. Make it, make the math math. Yeah. Like, let it be one plus one and yeah. two. You're not 57. Like, what yeah. are we doing here? Mm. So it's, it's that thing that night forced me to like think outside the box about what tools do I have around me? And it forced me also to try and develop different talents. Um, and now trying to do different things to be like, okay, I seem to like this. Let me try that out. Mm-hmm. The thing that when it goes back to flow, it, in essence, it's once you start to trust your own skill set, you start to find yourself in the places you need to be. You know, like there was a time uh, my, my dad was trying to encourage me to join Rotary because it's a business environment and people share business ideas and contacts and whatnot. And I told him, you know, that works for you because of the nature of your business and what have you. Whereas for me, technically more creatively inclined, I'm not finding my tribe there. Mm. That's true. <laughs> Those people don't know how to relate to me and I don't know how to relate to them. 
So why are we wasting each other's time? Because now they're sitting there. I'm sitting in this one of those rotary lunches and whatnot. So what do you do? And everyone's handing out business cards. Uh, I don't have a business card because I can't really find what I do. And even then, like, I'm a creative. Oh, so what do you create? Uh, do you do architecture? No, that's my dad, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I do other stuff. I do podcasting. You know, for the longest time, my mom used to call podcasting broadcasting because she was trying to make it sound like broadcasting. Okay. And it wasn't even like she had a heavy talent. She just couldn't fathom. So you do kind of like radio, but only for the internet. And it's for you. You do and it on your own. You do it by yourself. There's yeah. no... Where's the salary coming from? Yeah. I have to find a sponsor. So explain you know like that thing so now i'm sitting in a room with a generation of people who think like that mm. i was just like this is a, an excessive futility i'm getting upset you're getting upset True. there's no point in being here okay so to answer your own question what would you say i think i've listened to you guys but i'm like i even lost but <laughs> it's the a bit of both so experimenting mm. but i think it comes with a lot of presence that allows me to have like 2020 hindsight so looking back at maybe things that I learned in the past and I applied have put me in this position now. Mm-hmm. So kind of being able to look at, okay, fine, things I experienced, things I took from those learnings. Experiment, like you learn, you're like, oh, okay, so a combination of this works. But I move on in my life and then I see how that experiment mm-hmm. actually applied later on in my life. Mm-hmm. So with that, just being able to retrospect, mm-hmm. just look back and see, okay, fine, um able to get just because pure trusting this thing is going to work out yeah why not try it again mm. and then again but every time i add a bit more faith into it mm. maybe i started with my battery at 10 percent trust yeah but the more i do it the more the battery grows mm. and the stronger it is being able to be like oh shit yeah this thing is panning out the way it needs to pan yeah, out yeah. based off of the energy i'm putting into believing this thing is going to work out yeah so that's how i try and approach it just every time add a bit more belief into it yeah okay a bit more and a bit more so then how do you let go of that, like the timelines? How do you let go of that need to like control the timelines of when things happen? Okay, I'll answer that for myself. I think for me, because a lot like Gino or Eugene for the rest of you, <laughs> um, whenever I feel like I'm stuck in a structure, I do not perform well. Okay. Because I feel like I am, you're putting me in a box and I hate being in a box. When I'm doing what I love, I don't even need structure. I'm constantly working. Uh. Like now, it's like, I don't have to think that, oh, this podcast has to be out tomorrow. Damn it, have I made time for editing? Nah, as soon as this thing is done, I go sit in my studio to edit until four in the morning. Because I love it. I want to be out there. I want to share the thoughts of what I just talked about. That's why I do it, because... I'll bring it back to the essence of my ethos and why flow is so important. I believe my one of my journey goals personally for myself is to be an orator and be a collector and purveyor of our stories as Africans. Because I feel that other communities across the world from Europe to Asia to South America to wherever they always did a good job of telling their stories and being able to hand them down because that's one thing I feel as Africans, we have a strong identity, but also it's based on how we orate our stories because we used to do a lot of communal storytelling. That was what the elders used to do. You go do your respective job uh, within the family construct based on also your age. So if you're young and you go to pick up, you know, the firewood for your mom to cook, 
who's feeding the whole village if you're one of the older young men you're there herding the goats if you're one of them says your job is to basically hold the household together and train the warriors you know like everybody had a role yeah and by the evening now you sit with the village elders and they give you stories about whom you are what your neighbors are who abcd what we never have done traditionally in our own essence apart from telling stories was recording them so that yes so that now somebody like myself who has grown up in a very obviously modern construct of living in the city families all over the place grandparents in some cases have passed on and also maybe they pass on when you're really young so you couldn't actually even truly absorb the story mm-hmm. now my i feel like part of my destiny and my job right now is to record stories which is why i love podcasting and being able to be part of the creative community because now even those who are painting those who are doing different elements of it like make filmmaking music videos whatever the case may be we're starting to collect our own stories so that now we can hand them on from generation to generation when like now john smith can't come and conquer again to be like because one of the biggest things a lot of colonial com- countries did was they stole our stories and killed our identity mm. now that if we start making sure that we know who we are yeah now that can't happen again and now it's not only that there's a sense of pride that comes with it so as much as we are the jewel of the world in terms of resources i feel we are starting to create a narrative for us as a generation where we are going to create that similar wealth for us for ourselves now that they have been abusing for the longest time okay yeah it made me think of material nagami yeah mm. that kikoyi podcast i'm yeah. like that is so amazing because yeah. you see i'm also learning things you never knew yeah and it's hard to communicate like with your grandpa especially if you don't really speak kikuyu mm. so it tongue, yeah. gets lost in translation yeah, yeah. yeah in your mother tongue sorry yeah so you can't really translate but if you actually take it upon yourself to document what your experience is right now mm-hmm. it's a digital age we're living in yeah it's like it lives on forever it's gonna live on forever yeah, yeah. I, I get that yeah it was your question again um the timelines how you let go of the need to control them i struggle with that they're being put in a box Mm. But I think for me, I've been able to juggle existing in a world where timelines exist. This thing is to be done in two weeks and you have to get it done. Planning. I think just having a bit of planning. Is how you let go. How do I put this? In a way that actually makes sense. You see, being able to... If I was to live as a creative, purely as a creative, I would not have a care in the world about timelines. Mm-hmm. But I think me having things like, I'm going to put out an EP in like three months' time. And I do everything I can. It drops on that day. How I get to that date? But you see, I always pick dates that are number seven. I trust if I leave it upon that number that I trust, I'll work my way to it. So I think looking for pockets like breadcrumbs that have always led me and things that are dear to me. Mm. So number seven will always be like a breadcrumb to things I've always worked out at a certain Mm. date. So I trust if I leave it upon that time, that's it for me. I feel like beyond there, how I get there, I'll get there. So it's just like trust, basically. Just trust. And I think order to change the, apart from trusting the process, it's trusting your process. Mm. Everybody has a different way of always getting to where they need to get to. Cause mm. I'm trying to look at someone who's graduated uni, got their degree, went and got a job, started a family. That was their process. And also they believed in and mm. they worked towards that and you can't fault them for mm. That was the understanding of the world and mm. that's what they tried to work to and it has worked out to them, them according yeah. to what they wanted. Mm. 
So I feel like everybody's process is so different. What we get lost in is me wanting to do it like jazz, me wanting mm. to do it like you. Mm. You even forget like what was your thing? What did you actually want to achieve? It's a delicate balance between trusting what you've seen your parents do, what your siblings have done, especially being a last born. Mm. Seeing my brothers achieve certain things, mm. I'm like, okay, I have to do it that way. Mm. You're a bit scared of stepping out and doing it how you want to do it. Mm. Defining success for yourself what love is for yourself it's not easy but thing is just that but i think that's that's life in general i mean like when you're going when you're traveling a road less known or however that phrase goes mm. it's the unknown is always scary because it's unknown mm. it's it's such a i mean it sounds rhetorical but it is what it is in that mm. sense because if you're walking down a path that hasn't been walked before and essentially it's your path yeah then of course there's no there's no cheat code there's no way to figure this thing out i mean if you think about it like this and i think i'll use i'll use parenting for instance okay um i don't have any kids but a lot of my friends now start to have kids and what have you and i was talking to some of my cousins about it and like one of my cousins has like three kids now and i was asking like how, how, how what is it like being a mom and she was just like yo let me tell you something like what the first one how that first pregnancy itself when it's completely different than the second and the third even them as personalities are very different mm. so how i discipline this one is very different than this one and so that's when you start to appreciate the fact that you could be raised in the same household under the same t's and c's essentially but you'll end up being different human beings regardless because at the end of the day you are a unique person regardless mm. even twins same womb same setup different human beings yeah. so once you start to appreciate that and you start to trust yourself for being you it's easy because now and it goes back to the idea of like once you're in your lane it's easier because the biggest misconception i think a lot of people go to and have been taught this purely out of ignorance in my personal opinion is the idea of the mentality of lack mm. this this economic construct of supply and demand mm. it's yes based on what the industrial revolution was about that made sense then yeah. then it was applied to society and how society functions which now created this mentality of lack so if i don't have so and so has mm. whereas if you have a mentality of abundance there's enough to go around so now if we all have our chance you know it's like kind of like let's say if you trust like let's say let's use sports as an example if everybody plays their role the team will succeed. That's true. So just because so-and-so's talent, let's say so-and-so is really fast, but he's not a big guy. Now you put him against a big guy, he'll be beaten. Mm. He can only run so far. Yeah. Once that big guy catches with him, bang, game over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you have two homies who like now, okay, you, you're the one who runs fast. I'm yeah. the big boy. So I'll pass you the ball and you go. We've played our roles. Mm. We've scored. We both go home happy. Now, if you're forcing me to play a role that's not mine, mm. I'm destined to fail. So that mentality of lack is the one thing that I think stumbles a lot of people. And once you start changing that construct to a life of abundance, then you stop trying to keep up with so-and-so and then you start finding your flow and then everything becomes so much easier, easier in the sense that the world starts to make sense. People who you don't want to be around, delete themselves. You don't have to even block them on Instagram or remove them from your phone. Why would you talk? They walk away, far away. Okay. 
And then the people who you need in your life because you're attracting a certain light, a certain energy, they find you. That's true. And so once you start going to that space, that's what I was telling you like earlier, when you're in flow, I, when I'm in flow or as close to it as I can get, everything becomes so much easier. I start spending time with people I want to yeah. and ignoring the things that I don't need to be doing. Um, and yeah, then it becomes easier. Then I'm not stressed about, hey, I need to go for this party because I need to go network or go hang out with so-and-so. Those things stop mattering to me. It's like, bro, we don't have to go out for dinner. We can come to my house. We'll eat bojos and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And we'll kick it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be kosher. We don't, need, we don't need a gourmet pizza. We can just have a nice pilau and some whatever and we're good and then the rest becomes so much easier because then now it becomes that idea of like you'll start to create a healthy community around yourself and hence as you mature you all mature together you you create a life for each other when so and so is thinking about hey my guy what do you think about me taking this job or i'm thinking about settling down where do you think i can live i'd be like okay bet let's go do house shopping i mean let's go house shopping essentially looking for a crib mm. and then once you, it's like how you walk into a space and you're like, this is the crib. Without even knowing too much about it, you're just like, there's a vibe here. I want this. Yeah. That's simply what it comes down to. Then now you find the partner or the lifestyle you want to live, and then pff, it just reciprocates. It becomes a snowball effect. I think what I've taken out. No, you guys make a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> and I think in the weirdest way, even though I, I still have my control issues, it's. I've seen what you're saying in terms of you're so unique, focus on your own thing, and then things start to happen mm. naturally. I've seen that when I started focusing on the inner work rather than the outcomes that I wanted to happen, like the results mm. I wanted. Yeah. Like the more focused on the inner work, the more things outside have like fallen into place okay. somehow. Yeah. Like I don't. There's a lot of things that when I think about now, I don't worry about. I'm pretty happy with the community I have, my ecosystem, my friends, the people I consider creatives, the people who I talk to about like work and stuff. They've sort of weaved themselves out, like what you're saying. It's not like I did anything in particular. I was just sort of doing my own thing and focusing on myself. And certain things have fallen into place without me really having to stress about it. If it's something I'd say and I'd big you up in the, the past two years is just that. The inner work I've seen her be intentional about and it translates even into your content. You see how you're talking about doing wellness? It's really translating from how you generally live your life. It sips through into your content and it becomes something so seamless and you're seeing the results. It's doing the inner work. I think if you're going to look at it in perspective of you might want to do X things on the outside, but then we've actually turned inwards. You've started yeah, to see like things on the outside actually mm. coming and falling into place. And that's the biggest thing I think I want to be able to do is the work she does for the, her internal, her shadow work, mm. all her meditation, the things I want to be able to do. Mm. And I'm striving towards. Being a Libra balance for me is just like so key. So being able to know, okay, fine, I might work and then I'm achieving all these things on the outside. But internally, you still need to be able to balance all those things mm. out. Mm -hmm. But I always trust that life always brings me the lesson I need to learn. The more present I am, like to see it. Mm. If I pre it, then fine. I'm able to know, okay, this thing mm -hmm. is a loop that's been happening. What do you need to do? So I think, yeah, I think being able to look outside and know, okay, fine, I'm going here, but I can only get so far if I haven't like checked in yeah. with mm. myself. 
that's how I, I think for me it's yeah I, I think I mean just to add on to that to bring COVID in perspective again like I realized that the people I considered and starting to consider my true friends we didn't have to see each other through COVID at all mm-hmm. and also it wasn't even the thing of constantly communicating through various mediums like WhatsApp Instagram whatever the case may be there's some people who I'd call like after like maybe even three, four months of not talking, and it's like we were together yesterday. It's like, so what have you been up to? It's not even the non. We we get over the quick sound Small bites. Talk, like, yeah. oh, do you see what the Kardashians in there? No, okay, now, no, how are you doing? Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, my kids, bro. These guys are driving me nuts. CG, what? This, that, and the fourth. And now it's like walking through that. Like, there's a friend of mine um, who went through a situation with his girl during COVID and he confessed to her that he had cheated on her, right? This is even before that. And they were forced to live in the same house. Man. And it's a one bedroom. So even working, one has to go sit in one corner, one has to sit in the other and they're Man. both doing Zoom calls, yeah? So I'm calling him just to catch up with him and he's like, yo, bro, actually I have something to tell you. Mm. I can only go to the stairs. I can't even go because they were in essay during the lockdown. So he can't even move really. So he's telling me this whole thing. And I know she can hear what we're talking about. But he had to man up to be like, yo, my guy cheated. And he was like, it was like something like, hope you still trust me or you you have still have love for me after this. I was like, bro, you having the balls to even tell me mm-hmm. is enough. I will not judge you for it. It happened. You're even manning up to it and you're trying to fix it by talking about it. You're not trying to make it excuses, nini, the whole night. And... I think even me just having that conversation with him kind of put him at ease. Okay. And then he started telling me more about what happened. And it was just one of those bad decision days. And he was carrying that heavily on himself for so long. And he's still in the same house with this woman. So for the longest time, he's just thinking, I love this woman, but I need to tell her the truth. Yeah. And what she makes of it, I'll have to accept. And that was it. And she was just like, of course, she was upset. And, you know, it's crazy having a fight in a one-bedroom house. Like, <laughs> Where are you going? Okay. Like, and so it's like, you can't even do that thing of like, uh, let me go for a walk to calm down. No, mm-hmm. like, we're locked down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, do I sleep on the couch today? What do we do? Like, like how do we manage the situation? So it yeah. was, it's one of those things where once you get, into a healthy space and you have people around you that you can trust and you grow together because you see that's something that he has shared with me and even if it was to happen again of course I'll call him out and be like yo bro we can't be doing this but at the same time he also knows that he can tell me if it happens so that it doesn't become this burden where it's like this elephant in the room where I'm walking in the room and I'm like yo am I supposed to be in this house right now because you guys are being weird <laughs> I can't, I can't call it. Okay. I feel something is wrong, but yeah. I don't know what it is. Okay. And I don't know who to ask. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys are good? Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just taste like the tension in there. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything the next one? Yeah, I think I just wanted us to finish out with anyone who you think is like me, who's struggling with trusting the process. What would you tell them? Like, what's one or two things that they can do in their lives? Start to do in their lives that will make the process a bit easier for them? I think being more present, like with your life. Presence meaning that, yes, you do know what you want to accomplish and what, what your goal is. But just putting your head down, I think, I want to use the analogy of um, maybe like a 400 meter like hurdles race. 
they don't run like looking at the finish line it's just like one hurdle get to that the next one the next one the next one being present for all those like steps as you go towards your goal i think for me that's key it's all this is easier said than done trust me but i think just being able to stay present and looking at okay fine five years from now i want to be this cool um let me start now and then let me just take every day as it is and looking back at your life i think you'll be able to realize points or things you wanted to get or to achieve that have actually come to pass and it's something you always believe in um as you manifest your things you might really look at the gift box and you get caught up in the wrapping paper and then how the bow is tied you forget you actually got the thing you wanted it just didn't come in the packaging that you had thought of so holding that into account and then just always trying to see okay fine i've been able to manifest this in my life oh okay cool that means things will always work out let me just keep my head down and push and push that's one way i think i'd look at it yeah i think i would actually just second what you're saying from a perspective of using your structure in for your good in the sense of like kind of what you know Juno was talking about like having goals and setting them and you know running the race in terms of it's a marathon it's not a sprint mm-hmm. um in the sense of like using that same structure to get to where you want to go and i would even add on to something that even you personally do and you do you seem to enjoy is the journaling element of it just start writing down your goals and and send them down and i'll even start off by not necessarily giving yourself a timeline just give yourself the goal mm-hmm. kind of like a mood board type situation yeah. don't tell yourself like oh in five years i need to have had my masters or i need to have had my 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 family or moved out into my own house or whatever the case may be just be like i want to do this 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 and this and then the one thing that's helped me personally and, and i it's something i emphasize for a lot of people to start trying to do try to find people that you can trust out of your normal circle it's not even so much like a mentor type thing it's like people that don't necessarily always think like you Mm. because for me what has helped me is when i'm struggling with something like i call them my council of elders they don't they know each other but don't know each other okay and they are all over the world like there's my friend joel who i do the lives with my friend sean who lives in london Uh, there's my friend sakil who's in sa there's my friend matthew who's here and then there's two or three other people I talk to who have similar EQ in terms of emotional intelligence that now I talk to. So if I have an issue, I talk to all of them individually mm. and whatever is like the common denominator because they're hearing it from what they think and now they're hearing my perspective and they're helping me break it down for me. So now I start taking like pointers. I'm like, okay, that's what so-and-so said. Okay, cool. And I, I kid you know, when I'm talking to them, I'm very deliberate. I actually sit down with little post-its if you say something that's interesting, I write it down. And then I'll have them like lined up when I'm now trying to figure out the solution and I'm literally like mind mapping. Mm. Okay, so and so, 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 so. I bet this is how I'm going to deal with this situation. Because once you get out of a common, your common circle of friends, because there's nothing wrong with having your group of friends you go on trips with or you do brunches and whatnot. But it's kind of like having this like peer mentorship where it's like, so-and-so is really good at mathematics and I hate math, for instance. Let's just say, I'm going to go to you to help me understand this math problem. So-and-so is good at law. I'll go talk to so-and-so. Like it's, So it's now you're creating a community of people outside of your normal thinking sphere to broaden yourself thinking. And then once you start to get into a healthy space with that, you might find you're also helping them grow as you grow. Mm-hmm. 
So now you're creating a healthy community for yourself outside of your comfort zone because now you're seeing things or hearing very different perspectives that are not part of a group thing. You know, like if I go to this WhatsApp group, I know what's going to happen. Nothing but the same conversation. Did you see so-and-so? Whatever. I keep all these homies separate. They know about each other, but they don't think alike at all. And so for me, that was what has helped me understand what my flow is and also just to create a healthy space. So it's going back to structure. I have a structure. I like to be free spirit, but that's my structure. Mm. My council of elders, I talk to them, I get perspective, and then I make a decision. Journaling is also a very useful tool. I journal a lot as well. And especially for dudes, it's not Dear Diary. Okay, let's just get that straight. (laughs) You know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is not your diary. So and so said so and so at lunchtime. So uh, f that bitch. Did you yeah. Now it's like <laughs> no, because I, I find a lot of homies at first are so naturally intimidated because it feels feminine. Too feminine, yeah. And it's like, bro, no, this is just literally the same things you're thinking about before you go to bed. You've just put them on paper. Mm. That's the only difference, fam. Yeah, so it's, it's it's not something you should be ashamed of or anything like that. I realized I was really comfortable in becoming myself and journaling when I gave my dad one of my journals. Like, I I went to... I was staying with him for a while, and I do this thing where I journal... I don't have, like, journals for different things. Like, I don't have, like, a business journal, mm. a personal life journal, whatnot. Whatever's happening here goes into one journal. I finish that journal, on to the next one. So it just happened. I, was, I had been working with him for a while, and... Uh, this was in Dar. So one day we went to the beach. It was my, one of my last days there. And I journaled that day. And I walked back to the house. And I literally just said, have it. I don't know what he's done with it. I don't know if he's ever read it. Yeah. But it was my way of also trying to find it co- to create a genuine connection with him. Whereby, mm-hmm. I don't care what you do with that information. Yeah. But... I'm giving you a piece of me for real. Like, this is not some hyperbole like, oh, I'm good, dad. How's your day? No. There's some, there's, you learn who this nigga is for real yeah. through this journal. And for me, that's when I realized I have nothing to be ashamed of. And it's one of those things like, and I'll ask this question to both of you in kind, but I still want to hear your answer in particular, how you think. Okay, now you asked us this question. What's the one thing if your house was on fire, you would go back to collect because it's important to you? Probably photo albums, genuinely, because I feel like those photos are like gold to me. The memories are like priceless. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd go to journals. I mean, sorry, photo albums. Not even the journals? (coughs) No. I can leave the journals because I feel like I let it out so it's okay. Mm. And I'll keep letting things out so it's like the flow of it. I don't need to really hold on to it because I already let it out. That's crazy. Yeah. You? I think my laptop. Because that's, that's the only medium that has allowed me to channel my emotions into something. Mm. But I've said my headphones, but then what am I plugging my headphones into? into <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 so I think the laptop for me, um, especially like making beats has allowed me to like channel mm. so much of what I'm feeling in a different like interpretation of what I used to have. I think it's become an extra limb for me now. So there's journaling. Are you able to channel it? Music. Sometimes I sit at the office. Something has happened. I go, imagine at the office. I'm sitting down opening Fruity Loops because I'm like, I just need to get these eight loops, eight bars out, and I'm good. So I think for me, I'd grab it. It's 
I'll give you my answer, but I'll give you. I'll tell you why I I asked that question. Yeah. There's this concept. I think it's actually through the Alchemist, the Pelo Coelho book, mm-hmm. and he and there are those like trinkets that he talks about in that mm-hmm. thing. It got me thinking about a bunch of stuff when it came to like even now the idea of like when if not getting your house on fire or if you have to up and leave like let's say an opportunity comes and you're told you have to move to bali mm. you have you have one suitcase that's it mm. so even this idea of hand luggage and you nah, forget it you carry your passport in your hand yeah. and those headphones that have nothing to you use to play no. with <laughs> 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 and that's it and then whatever's in that suitcase yeah. that's you starting a new life with that suitcase what would you put in there and that was I'm not asking, asking you to answer right now but mm. that was where that premise came from because I got to use because of my parents traveling a lot because of work I got used to the idea of oh in six months I gotta pack up and let's go and then now you've made all these friends you've collected all these cool things from that country like oh you know went to the beach we collect these shells at this particular beach in the world whatever and then in six months you're told hey you gotta pack up your Asian bounds so I've learned to live very minimal in that sense even when it comes to clothes like you saw earlier with Sheila Sheila comes to my house and just raids my wardrobe like I have clothes for days my guy I'm not a Kardashian my wardrobe is this big (laughs) Like, if three things are not cleaned that day, I'm rewinding. Like, let's call it, this is a spade, a spade, my guy. Like, And it's also forced me to think of clothes as utility in the sense of, yes, I want to look fly, I want to be whatnot. But at the end of the day, they're literally tools to keep my body safe and clean and in a way to protect myself. So to answer the question at hand, my journals. The reason being is I want... I'm saving them for my kids so that they don't go through a lot of the things I went through personally trying to understand who my parents are uh, because that was the one thing that because you know as, as a child and when everybody goes through it for the early years of your life your parents are superheroes and then you get into the teenage years where you start fighting with them just because you're a rebel and that's what teenagers do we've all done it then you get into like adulthood where you start to be your own and they're trying to navigate how they're going to deal with it because this little homie now is also living their own life and so now their role as a parent has changed but some of them don't do a good job of adapting to it mm-hmm. so i realized instead of my kids going through these challenges of having to go through a thousand sessions of therapy trying to understand their folks at least with me i'll just give them the whole stack here Read. everything's there yeah you figure if you can't figure me out from there and they don't know how to read maybe i've failed you in school <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's once you start to realize those things, the things don't matter. Yeah. You know, it's like I always think about it. Uh, it's such a morbid way of thinking about things, but I always think if I was if a thief was to come to my house, how would I respond to it? I'll even make them tea. I'll be like, my guy, what do you want? Mm-hmm. TV's there. Cause here's the remote. Let me show you how to get to Netflix. Yeah, There's my account. You can share it. There's the PS. <laughs> there are a couple games over there. Like because now, if you start now fighting for a TV. Here lies Jazan, he died for a TV. I mean, Is that going to be your legacy? <laughs> yeah. Oh my days, fam. <laughs> the TV. Caught in 4K. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, I didn't, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And it's like, so once I got used to thinking like that, then it just made things a lot more easier for myself. Like, because I used to be a guy, and I'll never forget this. There's a, a girl I was dating back in the day, and she called it out, and I really had to think about it. 
and she she said this one thing to me she's like it's so interesting you're a guy who deals with trauma like how women do in the sense you go shopping and i was just like it wasn't the girl part about it i was just thinking wow i am so sold to possessions I wasn't triggered by I shop like a girl. That doesn't care. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to me. But it was like, yeah, I actually, I'll like go buy. And it wasn't even like I like buying big things. It would be like, uh, I collect like pens. Like I love stationery for days. I guess also because I journal a lot. I'll go buy a dope pen. Not like I don't have a thousand in my damn cupboard as is. But, but I think she'd be like, why did you buy this pen? I was feeling sad. I'm like, I could have done something else. Like, yeah. I could have gone for a walk. I could have gone to play basketball, whatever the case may be. And so, that's also forced me to find healthier solutions to moments of irritation because part of my addiction was just that. Any emotional experience, I Jewish. And that became habitual. So, I'm sad I'm Jewishing. I'm happy I'm Jewishing. I'm irritated I'm Jewishing. Mm. I'm frustrated at work I'm Jewishing. So, it became, it was like, you see how the laptop is your limb the ball was my limb and then once i went through the rehab and got over that i started realizing okay which is why yes i have relapsed in sense i do drink now but it doesn't have the same hold on me because now it's not yeah. my thing yeah i journal now i have people i can talk to if i'm frustrated like i'm used to now the three hour phone calls with some homie across the world thanks god for whatsapp you guys have saved my life yeah. <laughs> those internet calls are everything <laughs> so it's like once you get used to that perspective I feel that's when you get also into a healthy flow. And I think the last thing I would say to conclude for myself is flow is also important when you share it with others to also help you not be accountable, but to be part of the journey. Because your true friends will help keep you on check because they care about you. Yeah. They're not there for any other reason. Like, oh, so-and-so is the plug for this thing. Or so-and-so is, 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 is good for, you know, this kind of situation. Or if I hang out with so-and-so, I look like a cool kid. Whatever the case may be. Now, if they're really your homie, they F's with you, whatever the fuck. You know, you can be going through the pits of, like, whatever life you've just had. And they're like, okay, bro, uh, I got you. We'll figure this thing out. And it doesn't, take, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Going back to structure, we will figure it out. Yeah. The solution is to help you be in a better place. And we'd have gone through an experience where our friendship, which turns into a genuine love for each other's people, matures and hence we are seeing each other completely different. You've gone from just being a homie to like being a genuine brother to the point where even your folks know like, yeah, your cousin is, is your cousin by blood, but this I know is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Like this is the person I know if I need to reach in, I can't, I'm calling so-and-so. That's true. Yeah. Crazy. Um... I think it's two things. One is, I know that bit about how people turn, I don't, I hate when Vin Diesel thing, F is for family. Hmm. But there's those people who like it's, you have blood relatives, but then there are people who. Family by choice. You know, yeah. and it's people who say, and so both of you are sitting here now, it's being able to go through some things, walking away from it, and then having people who still look at you the same way, it's priceless. Hmm. Hmm. It's something that you can't even... It's not tangible. It's just being able to know, okay, fine, these people will always look at me the same way. They understand what it took for you to come from the pits of hell mm. to where you are now. Mm. And so things that I take with my life. It's trusting that people will always be planted, but you also have to be aware enough to know, okay, fine, these people will always want the best for me. 
let me put my energy into that let mm. me try and cultivate this i think the older you get also you have to understand how it's a two-way street i have to be able to put in energy into that relationship to get to know them mm. check in on them i shouldn't be sitting back waiting for someone to be like hey yo, how are you doing do it just try and check up on people but just trust that the universe will always put people when you raise your vibrations you'll always bring in the people mm. who you need into your life so i think for people who having a hard time trusting the process it's it gets better over time mm. i think it gets easier over time because you're able to understand that you'll always be where you need to be mm-hmm. when you need to be there i think from I mean, that's always the underlying thing if something even when i'm in a job i'm getting late for work i'm just like yo i'll get there i need to get there I might be stressing my mind of oh, this meeting is starting at 8 I'm going to be late the days I've worried I get there yeah it's some shit but the days I'm just like you know what cool I did my best I mm. can control the traffic you never want to use traffic as an excuse but it's a reality mm. but the days I'm just like okay fine it'll happen I get there it's cool even before that 8 o'clock yeah but I was stressing I started mm. sitting down stressing oh shit uh, the timing but just let it go and the universe always responds but you need to have the awareness to listen to it and understand this is how it's communicating to me right okay so i think for me i just understand how the universe speaks to you and speak back in that language mm. of i trust you then let's do this thing so just yeah i think i think that's like the perfect way to end it thank you jazani ah this was so dope yeah, <laughs> this, this was fun it was a pleasant surprise <laughs> I, I think you know it's kind of like just to end this literally on this bombshell yeah. this is flow thanks it was the conversation that i think was is necessary and it happened naturally because mm-hmm. we were in flow yeah that's true that's it